Hey everyone and welcome to Yolanda Yvette Speaks. It is me, Yolanda Yvette, public speaker, public speaking coach, author, and your podcast host. Real quick, just a little housekeeper for y'all. If y'all want to be on the show or if you have any questions for me or even for the guests, um, please feel free to email me at Speaks at gmail.com. Or you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at the same name, Yolanda Yvette Speaks, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A-Y-V-E-T-T-E-S-P-E-A-K-S. Now that that's out the way, let me introduce our guest today. Today we have on the show, Rachel Redman. And for the past 20 years, Rachel has been on a personal and professional journey studying ancient Eastern medical traditions. As a doctor of oriental medicine, Ayurvedic practitioner, and women's health educator, Rachel teaches her clients how to apply this ancient knowledge to the challenges posed by our hectic modern lives. As a result, many of her clients notice that their health issues resolve and they feel better in every way. Rachel believes that self-care doesn't need to be stressful or something extra on your to-do list. She is on a mission to help every woman she meets learn how to simplify their self-care so they can feel 10 times better and live a productive and fulfilling life. Now she has a flagship program called the Yin Way and she teaches the foundational principles every woman needs to know but often has never been taught in order to experience sustainable self-care, inner peace, and radiant health. So y'all, let's welcome to Yolanda Yvette Speaks, and we're going to learn today about oriental medicine and what an Ayurvedic uh, practitioner is and everything that Rachel has to know um, to teach us. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Yolanda Yvette Speaks, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to dive into all this fun stuff, this fun topic. Listen, I am interested in this because people who know me know that they always say, well, you always find the weirdest things to do. You always find just the most out of the box (laughs) things to to, um, explore. Like I did a um, trapeze yoga class and um, right, (laughs) Which, which I'm like, that is so cool. You know, just to hang upside down, like it felt really good on my back. Um, you know, and I, and like my sound bowl, I love the singing bowl, and I have going to the sound baths, and it's just different things like that. You never know um, what you're gonna like until you try try it. And so that's me all day. I love new things and new ways of doing things because there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? As they say. So, so tell me about yourself. You know, I read your bio, but tell me in your own words. Yeah, I, I took a pretty untraditional path, um, and a lot of people always want to know how did I get into Ayurveda and what the hell it even is, because a lot of people don't even know. No. <laughs> so I guess that's a good place to start, is Absolutely. that Ayurvedic medicine is an ancient tradition from India, and it's over 5,000 years old, and it's one of the oldest forms of um, medical traditions we have on the planet. And it is truly a holistic medicine because it takes into account the mind, the body, and the spirit. And it says in order for a person to be healthy, we need to be, um, you know, we need to experience health in these different aspects, not just in our physiology. Right. Um, yeah. And so that's a little bit about Ayurveda. And I came to it um, when I was a teenager because I had chronic digestive issues and food intolerances, like I couldn't have any dairy. I was like the kid popping lactose pills at the parties because I wanted to eat the pizza with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I have, so I have friends like that now, even as an adult. They, they, <laughs> they're like, oh, well, I'll just suffer later. Cause you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how and that's I was as a kid. And, um, and I just had chronically these stomach aches and they didn't really interfere with my life until I went to college and then, it just got worse and worse and worse until I had to um, find a solution. And I first went to a Western doctor who gave me a pill. Um, it was Prevacid, like an, um, an acid blocker, mm-hmm. which did help my problem. It made me feel better and I could eat a lot more foods. 
Um, but I knew at the age of nine, I think I was nine, 18 or 19 at that point, and I was like, but th- I don't want to take a pill the rest of my life. Like, there's got to be some reason that I'm feeling this way. And so I took the pill for about a year. Just I needed something, and I was grateful to have medicine to help me. Uh-huh. But in the meanwhile, I um, found an Ayurvedic doctor. I had no idea what that was, but I was willing to try anything. And I I already had an interest in holistic medicine. Hmm. So I found Ayurveda and this, um, I, I had a consultation. I learned all about my body and I learned that stress and anxiety were major factors impacting my health and my digestive system. And looking back that makes so much sense but as a young kid I didn't and a teenager I didn't know how much stress was impacting my life and my stomach issues got worse around the time that my my mom was sick and in the hospital for a couple months and that was a very scary time and fortunately she recovered but then my parents got a divorce there was just like all this challenging things happening and it really took a toll on my body and um And so when I learned Ayurveda and I actually learned a meditation practice and within a few short months, like my, I would say 80% of my stomach issues resolved. They're just gone. And I was really shocked by that. And what I took from that was that it was my anxiety, this undiagnosed anxiety that was causing my digestive issues. And when I found ways to manage the anxiety and manage the stress, everything else in my life improved. And so that's really how I got started and it changed my life. So you actually mentioned something that maybe is overlooked, um, especially when it comes to teenagers and cause you know, they're like, you don't have any issues. You don't have any problems, you know, in teenagers or, or kids in a whole, they actually do go through, through things. Cause, um, uh, it's a, it's a lot of challenges going on for them. It's not just simply, yeah. well, all you gotta do is go to school and come home. That's all. That's all you gotta do. There's things that's going on, whether they tell you about it or not. There's things that are stressful for them, even though it may not be stressful for you. Um, as an adult, you're like, just get over it. It's not that serious. But they're processing it. It's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of a lot of times they're dealing with um, issues that they shouldn't have to deal with as children, but it manifests itself in your body. Um, like, like for yours, it was your digestive system. Some of them, even like they say, um, you're carrying your stress in your back or in your shoulders or, you know, people start to lose hair or whatever, you know, even if it's weight gain or weight loss, it manifests itself in different ways in different people. And now you were lucky because you were able to figure it out and then grow into a healthy mindset um, rather than waiting until you're an adult and then figuring it out. Um, you had an inkling already, and it's really pretty cool because my daughter, she's one of those um, teens who's very into in her body, and it's like fighting tooth and nail to be like, here, take a Tylenol. She's like, I don't want any medicine. <laughs> she's like, she's she's just, she's just like, I don't want any medicine. So you just like, you just seeing her suffer because she's just like, I don't I don't want I don't want any medicine. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, I need to put her in contact with you because she's you know she's she really wants to be like holistic and do things um, of that way rather than relying on a medicine or a pill or whatever it is to um, fix something which when it could be probably done a different way because I even took her to the sound bath with me one time and she was like oh that was amazing that was you know what I'm saying as a 17 year old you know introducing her to things of that nature she's like oh that was awesome you know so right. yeah right. I think that it's a good point that especially as teenagers they don't often have a lot of tools yet they don't have a lot of coping mechanisms right. yet for even for feeling their feelings I was a bottler I would bottle up all of my feelings and like shove it deep inside yep. and like not let on that anything was wrong and um and that just really affected my body and I and, and you're absolutely right that everyone manifests it differently some people manifest it as headaches or people could have develop like a chronic illness early Mm -hmm. on and I think what I part of the reason that I created the program that I created is because I started on this path so early and so I've been implementing all of these really simple tools and foundational practices into my life for the whole of my adult life and I have so many patients and clients who are you know maybe 25 or 30 or 40 and they just never learned any of this stuff and now they've developed all sorts of 
whether they're just uncomfortable symptoms or even health issues, and they're looking for ways to manage how they're feeling and also just prevent other things from happening in the future. Yeah, that's me all day. That's, (laughs) I think you just, (laughs) you just described me and, and you don't know how to really deal with the stress or the stressors, or sometimes you don't even realize um, what the stressor is. You're just feeling it because you right. haven't even dealt with, with that side of it. So let's, can you talk about your program for a second? So let's talk about um, the yin way. Yes. So let's talk about the so, yin way. What is it? And, and let's talk about that. Yeah. So the yin way is what I call my business and also my flagship program. So I think probably your guests will be familiar with the, the yin yang, the symbol. It's it's actually called a Taiji symbol. It's the, the circle that's half black and half white. Mm-hmm. And there's a swirl and like a dot of black and the white and vice versa. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um. You just taught me something. I didn't know it was yin yang. I always said yin yang. <laughs> yeah. And that and I always did too until I went to um, acupuncture school and on the first day there said it's yang like long not yang. So either either yin way yang. works. But yin, oh, wow. yin yang. That you you've taught me and I'm pretty sure a lot of listeners that is yin yeah. yang. Oh wow. Yin yang. But if you say yin yang, I'm not gonna come after you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that symbol is um, so I think everyone probably has that visual in your mind. There's a like a, an emoji on your phone with the symbol. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it really represents balance and duality. This idea that. Um, the yang energy is associated with the masculine energy and with the daytime and with sunlight and heat and activity and um, kind of movement and doing. And the yin energy is associated with the feminine and it's associated with nighttime and darkness and um, this stillness and this inward energy where the masculine is an ex- like an outward energy. And in order for there to be balance, we need to have kind of this um, interplay between the two energies, yin and yang. And so that is kind of one of the main principles of Chinese medicine. And what I experienced in my practice, um, I had a, a, a clinical practice for many years and I actually shut it down during COVID times. And now I'm completely virtual, working virtually. Um, but I work mostly with women um, from teenagers through menopause. And I realized that there was such an imbalance of the yin and the yang energy. There's such a focus really in our culture on the, on the yang, on the masculine energy, on doing, on having our energy and focus outward, external, being productive, being busy, getting results. Like all of these words um, are associated with the yang. And we heavily are um, geared, we're sort of conditioned to value those in a in a and prioritize those aspects in a deeper way whereas the yin is about stillness and rest and introspection and sleep and nourishment and um and we tend to devalue those attributes you know um as a default because we put so much emphasis on the yang and so what happens and especially for women because we're more yin in nature that creates a balance, an imbalance, and a disharmony in our physiology and in our mental emotional states. And this, one of the way, main ways this might manifest is like hormonal imbalances or really any health issues. So this is a broad reaching thing. But so this idea that we need to bring up the energy of the yin so it's at least we value it equally to the yang. That is that so, because I'm sitting here like, huh, because in my mind and, and probably a lot of people's mind is uh, we're so young focused in, in, in yin lacking because um, we've heard a lot of things that you had mentioned. It's like, well, that's just being lazy. So right. now that's where that imbalance comes from. And now we have to learn how, because that's where I'm at now um, is I have to learn how to take care of myself. I have to learn how to relax. I have to learn how to, cause yeah, 
overwhelmed. I can be overwhelmed and anxiety and all those other things that's formed. We call all because the yin has been lacking, and it's all part of the balance structure, right? Exactly, and it's because we've been conditioned to believe that those yin aspects are lazy or mm-hmm. they're not productive or mm-hmm. they're not useful. And what's happening is that now we have this epidemic of burnout and <sighs> stress. And it affects men and women, but I work with women. And I think that women are more susceptible to this yin imbalance than men because men, they're just more young and that's their energy. They're, mm-hmm. They have more, you know, masculine energy. And of course, this is a broad spectrum and, you know, accounts for like gender identities and fluidity and all of that. We all have different um, kind of amounts of this yin and the yang but as a whole we've deeply devalued the yin and I think that bringing more awareness and kind of normalizing rest sleep um doing nothing like those things will actually um it helps us to de-stress it helps us to manage our stress and it helps our bodies to heal and so so much of the work that I do is really in helping women to understand how we got here and then what we can do about it and take steps to start really creating more yin in our lives. And um, I like to use this analogy. If you have a candle and it's lit, so the flame is burning Mm -hmm. and we light that fire, it's beautiful, it's burning, it like represents, um, I would say like vibrancy and radiance and our life force. And so that candle flame and the wick of the candle is like the yang energy. It's the brightness, it's the fire, it's the sunlight. But the wax of the candle is the yin, it's the substance, it's the material that gives the, it's the fuel for the flame. And so if we don't kind of constantly replenish the yin, we literally burn it out to the point that our candles go out Mm -hmm. and we're burnt out and, and we don't, and so then we like flip into this other extreme of like total exhaustion, total maybe apathy. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you feel so lazy because it's not that anyone's lazy, it's because they literally don't have the energy. Yes. So they've gone to that extreme. And so it's about, so the work I do is so much around educate, education because we, you know, our cultural values and priorities may not be our personal ones. And we have to start to um, analyze that a little bit and come back to our own truths and how we want to live. And um, and I'm, you know, building a community of, of women who get this idea, but they feel like it's hard. But I feel like the more we can stick together and normalize um, caring for ourselves and self-care and not being busy all the time, not having to prove our worth through our busyness, the more that it will become easier to have this be our norm. So we do have a bit of an uphill battle, but really it's, I see it as this collective paradigm shift, but the only way the paradigm is going to shift is if we can shift it in ourselves first, and then that ripples out to everybody else. You have hit the nail on the head for me with the majority of things that you have said. <laughs> you know, I love watching your face right now. Because it's crazy. And I, see, they can't see it, but I'm just like, light bulb, that's me. Uh-huh. Yep. Let me. Because I'm trying to think, because it's so much that you have said, and I'm trying to, like, digest it all. Because it was a time, especially when I was writing my book, um, I was, like, right at the end, I hit the proverbial wall. I was so done and, and burnt out and I felt like I couldn't even, I couldn't really function. They were like, well, what's going on? I, I couldn't, I just couldn't look at my laptop no more. I just, I was so done and like stressed and I don't know what happened. It just hit me like a ton of bricks out of nowhere. I was really energized and all of a sudden I crashed. Um, and even now they have something called, I was reading it the other day, um, entrepreneurial burnout or something like that. Entrepreneurship burnout or small, something like that. Um, because it's a different, you're in a different mindset when you own your own business and trying to get it started and things like that. And you are more likely to burn out. And so, um, I, I have friends now, if I'm on the phone with them, 
because usually I'll be on my laptop working like 11, 12, 1 in the morning. And so now they're making me like, close your laptop. It's 11 o'clock. Close it. Close it. Close it. Why are you on it? Close it. And I'm like, okay, I'm closing it now. And I'm trying to be um, cognitive of it. I'm, you know, I'm trying to make sure I do it. And I close it and I don't look at it again until the next morning. Because if not, I'm going to be on it until 2 o'clock in the morning. Which is not good, you know. And so now that's just repeating the cycle of um, not taking care of myself. So talk about what, because we say self-care all the time. And I'm not sure if everybody understands what self-care is. So talk about what self-care is. Okay. So there's a lot of people have different definitions, but my simple definition of self-care is something that brings energy into the body. It fuels the body. It nourishes the body in some way. It's like, it's some way to recharge the battery. And most of our daily activities is energy out. It's like doing the work call and, you know, that might be energy in or out depending on your work. Sometimes Mm -hmm. work calls can be very, you know, nourishing if you're doing the work you love. Right. But it could be, you know, driving in traffic. It could be chasing after a toddler like I have. It could be Mm -hmm. doing the laundry. Like it could be, you know, the stress of the pandemic, you know, all of these ways that we kind of energy or focus is going outward um and that self-care is anything that just brings that focus that energy back in so that we feel kind of recharged nourished filled up um maybe it fills up our soul or our spiritual self um maybe it's a good quality meal you know sitting down that really nourishes our physical body so self-care um can be very simple but in some way of of simply caring for the body in a way that um is in a loving way really i've had a conversation with someone before um about taking care of themselves you know mentally and stuff and they're like they don't know how to they don't know what they enjoy um that will feed their soul to make them happy, to make them calm down, to make them relaxed or whatever. Um, have you run into clients that they just don't know how to take care of themselves at all? Absolutely. I think a lot, I think it's actually very common that people don't know how to take care of themselves and they also don't know what they want. Like if Mm. you ask someone, like, what do you want for your life? Like, what are your dreams? What are your aspirations? they often haven't even taken the time to stop, think about it. Or maybe they thought like that wasn't for them to think about it. They weren't, somehow they received messages that they, you know, that life of living a fulfilling, passionate life wasn't for them. Um, so I work with a lot of women who I'll be like, tell me your ideal situation. And they'll be like, I don't know, I don't like know. just kind of mm-hmm. like this, but without headaches. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> like, is that really your ideal? Are you really, living it so I think um we we're not taught like none of this has been taught to us we don't learn it in school and we often don't learn it from our mothers because they haven't learned it from their mothers how to take care of themselves so it's generational um lack of self-care yes yeah and I think it's there's probably a lot of reasons for it but here we are today and it's like we need women in power in ceos of major corporations in politics we need women in all of the areas and all of the rooms that men are in i believe in order to really help create more healing in this world and in order for women to really show up in those places like we need to feel better and we need to take care of ourselves and we need to find ways of doing that that aren't like so out of reach and um and for for me like i really found this the yin way for me and it's different for everybody but it was how i cared for myself after um i had a first pregnancy loss Mm -hmm. and i it was like nearly five months into my pregnancy and it was absolutely devastating and i um had to find a way to like make it through that that was just I think for it was just really a trying time and I had to really lean into my self-care and almost make it a full-time job because I required so much um mental health care Mm -hmm. and then later on I went on to have a child a healthy child and when he was a baby my son Ezra I was like 
oh my god, I felt so overwhelmed, so everything, like how the hell am I supposed to take care of my mental health because it was still quite fragile mm -hmm. and um, do all the things and be, grow my business and take, like I was just like, ah, it was just so much. And so I started to think about, okay, what are the essential things that I need to have in my life and how can I incorporate those? And it really can boil down to we all have to sleep. So can we sleep at times that are more optimal for our rest and for our healing of our body and um, for the detoxification of our, you know, system and things like that. So there's more opt, like for instance, sleeping between 10 a.m. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is the most optimal times of the night to sleep. There are. <laughs> it's the most, I, would say I the wish most they could see my face. I wish they could see my face right there when you said that. I was like, what? <laughs> well, right. I, I've missed that window plenty of times. Okay. Wow. Exactly. It's the time, it's in Chinese medicine. It has to do with the liver channel and the gallbladder channel, which really means it's a time for balancing the, um, the hormones and building healthy blood and, you know, helping with digestion and metabolism and detoxification and all these really necessary things. And if we're not, you know, not everyone, I don't even quite go to sleep at 10, but I'm, you know, that's my goal and maybe it's 10.30 or 11, but it's like I move in that direction because I know that it's actually way more productive and I will get, be more productive the next day if I do this, you know, act, you know, if I let myself sleep. And <laughs> my mind is screaming right now because I'm like, is that why I had to get my gallbladder taken out? Because <laughs> All I had to do was I go mean, to sleep at 10. Okay, <laughs> it, it, I mean, there's so many, so there's so many different things. So, so one thing I do with um, my clients is I help them create evening rituals and morning routines that are really going to be the pillars of their self-care. Mm. And maybe the rest of the day goes to crap or something. But if you have those in place, you are more likely to feel better, to sleep well, and to make healthy choices. And there's a lot to be said for that. Um, and so one thing I like to think about too is like really expanding the definition of what is productive. Because mm. I think the number one reason people don't participate in self-care, what what will you say is the number one reason why you don't do self-care? I'm just curious. Um, because I feel like I always have stuff to do. Yeah, so it's like not enough time. It's, it's I mean, I know it's the same. Everybody has the same twenty-four hours in a day, but I just right. feel like I'm not, I'm not utilizing it improperly. Right, exactly. So it's generally like a lack of time, people mm -hmm. will say, in in a sense. And then it's like, okay, well, it it becomes this. It's where you look at the value. So we don't traditionally place a lot of value on self-care, and we place more value on being productive. And so that's the moment where we have to kind of like flip the script on ourselves and say, actually, if I take care of myself, I'm going to end up being way more productive during the day because I'm going to feel better. I'm going to have mm -hmm. better energy. I'm not going to be like dragging through the day. And so, um, and, and I would say that actually, the, I would think, and this is based on like working with people is that the true number one reason people don't participate in self-care is guilt is because they feel mm. like guilty when they do it's not productive mm -hmm. guilt because of that productivity thing mm -hmm. so it's like hmm. there could be a moment to you know take a few breaths and you know sit down and eat some lunch or whatever it is go for a quick walk but we have to break down the barriers to self-care which is often this idea of not enough time but really it's coming from this guilt about being productive and right and, and I feel like uh, coming from the, the woman aspect of being a mother it's like oh I'm taking this time from for myself when uh, you're like well I could be playing with my child like, we could be doing a puzzle we could be reading we could be you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. now you're we're out of balance again <laughs> because we're still giving we're giving so much to other people and we are the ones who take care of ourselves we, we don't take care of ourselves we put ourselves at the bottom of the totem pole because I guess again that goes back to I can't believe I, 
you're stepping on all of my toes right now. You really are. Cause I'm just like, that's that's me. I, I will I will give, give, give. And I'm just now starting to like I said, I'm just now starting to understand the importance of self-care and taking care of, of, of me in my mind. Cause you can only they always say you um you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And so that's what I, I I've heard that and I have to like, okay, I understand that now. So that's why I'm like, oh, the sound bath, it's an hour. And I'm like, that's for me. <laughs> that's for me. But now that's only, I only may do that once a month. But self-care is something that you need to practice daily, right? At some right. point, even if it's at 30 minutes or an hour or whatever you can get. But that goes back to you saying uh, the rituals, like your bed, your nighttime rituals or your daytime rituals. What What do they look like? Cause they're different for everybody or yeah. everyone's they're, rituals will be different they're gonna be different for everybody and at different phases of life so um my son is two and a half so of course like everything it bases around like when he sleeps and when he wakes up and i um i don't really have i used to have like a long elaborate morning routine but then you know having a kid it's like not really possible mm-hmm. and so my my number one thing is I like to meditate in the morning for 20 minutes mm. and really 25 because I'll sit for a, a couple minutes after and this is something I've done for almost 20 years and so for me it takes no energy or, or thought or it's not like something that's hard for me to do so for me it's really self-care because it's, it's kind of effortless for me and so I generally have to wake up a little bit earlier before he does in order to do that about half an hour before he wakes up. Um, I was blessed over the summer that he slept in like later than he's ever slept in like till eight or something in the <laughs> summer. So the summer was like no problem. And now we have the time change. So he's waking up at seven again, but I'm, I get up at least by six thirty most days to meditate. And on some days, if I haven't slept great or something, I do have a husband. And so he will get up and I'll meditate just for, you know, 20 minutes. And, um, start my day I do a couple of other things that are really simple like um take a a tongue scraper and scrape my tongue it's this way to clean the tongue and stimulate digestion for the day it's based in Ayurvedic tradition um it you can use like it just looks like a little horseshoe I wish I brought it but anyway it's just this metal little thing and you just gently scrape the tongue and then I brush my teeth and I splash cold water on my face and my eyes and then I use like a little skin toner, which has a, a scent, like a really nice natural um, herby scent. And so I've really woken up my different um, senses for the day. My, my eyes, my nose, my mouth. Um, and that's one positive way to start the day is by just really invigorating the five senses. Um, so that is built into my, like takes no extra time, no extra forethought. I get, I do the meditation and then I go downstairs and I pour myself a cup of hot water and sometimes I'll put lemon in it or apple cider, but mostly I just drink it plain and I drink that before I have anything else. Um, and that's another way to help the body clear toxins, um, stimulate digestion and really just like flush out anything that's kind of been processed overnight and brought to the digestive tract to kind of give it a good flush before having food or coffee or anything Mm -hmm. like that so that's really the foundation of my morning it's nothing really anything to write home about oh and and I like to journal too if I have if I have some extra time um so you know it's gonna look different for everybody but um and some people they might not want to get up when my son was little and he was waking up at night and waking up at like 545 I did not get up before he did okay just not happen. <laughs> and, I didn't, and I didn't try to and that was great I didn't have that pressure because that was an unreasonable expectation for myself mm-hmm. and so I removed that and I would meditate during one of his naps um so it can look like anything um if people have a little bit more time and flexibility they can you know there's all these ways to really support the physiology and the body and get your intentions ready for the day um but it doesn't have to be simple as a busy mom like i mean it takes me literally 20 minutes <laughs> to do my morning routine and um you know and if i'm if my son sleeps in then i love to journal too okay so i i hear that from a lot of people meditation meditation they meditate 
um, they get up early. I, I was even on a call one time and they were doing their morning rituals and they were like, hey, I guess the one guy had got up at like, uh, he, he was getting up at six to do his meditations. And he was like, now he's setting a goal to get up at like 4.30. I'm like, 4.30? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> but yeah. but I, I don't, listen, I don't question it, whatever his methods were and why he was doing yeah. it. Because I think it was, he was going to give himself more time in the day to get everything done and then shut off earlier, you know, at night. But 4.30? No. Um, But meditation seems difficult for a lot of people to grasp because it's, I know I've tried it, especially in the beginning. I was just like, I was thinking of everything possible (laughs) while I was trying to, you know, and and it's something that you have to practice in order because you can't. 20 minutes is difficult for somebody who's just starting out day one. So what's your tips for meditation for people? Or if you have Yeah, so I would say I have a few. So um, one, I would say it's an absolute myth that in meditation, your goal is to clear the mind of thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like that is just not a natural movement of the mind. The the nature of the mind is to have thoughts. Mm -hmm. So when I sit in meditation, I'm not trying to be still or to push out thoughts. I'm just trying to sit there and, and notice the thoughts come and notice them go. And like, you know, as if you're standing on a highway and you're watching the cars pass. And then suddenly, you know, there's a thought, aka a car, and you get in it, and you're like, go off on that tangent, and you know, you go down the road, and then you notice, you're like, oh wait, I went off on this trip, on this thought, and then you come back to the breath or the mantra, whatever you have. So it's this process of coming into yourself and then leaving yourself, and then noticing that you've left, and then you come back. Mm. And so it's really this back and forth. It's not about getting anywhere. And sometimes I'll have meditations that feel like full of thoughts and they don't feel like, you know, I just was thinking, 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 but then afterwards I'll feel like, okay, like I just know that it was productive. It was productive. It was, I feel settled after. So I might not feel settled during, but if I feel settled after, then I know it was useful and effective. And there's many different techniques of meditation. And the one I happened to study many years ago is called Transcendental Meditation, mm-hmm. or TM. And that's a mantra-based one. And um, it's it's really taught like all over the country these days, all over the world. And it's, it's a really simple, effortless type of meditation. I really recommend it to any, anyone. I think all forms of meditation are fine. I just... My only concern is if a if a meditation teacher is telling you like the goal, there's a goal in mind because really with meditation it's I don't believe there should be a goal. It's really just this practice of watching the thoughts and coming back to yourself. Okay. So let's talk about setting intentions. So is that something that you are that you do? it's more of a recent thing I don't it's not something that I've done um you know throughout my life but I've been doing it lately just um setting doing a little journaling and um really setting one goal for the day um and um actually I learned this from another woman and this is her business her name is Shante Grant, but I think she spells her name S-H-U-N-T-A, and she has a practice called Best Today. It's like a planner, and I saw, I heard her speak, and she gave us kind of the four things, the morning practice, and it like, and I, I've been loving it. I've been practicing it for a couple months, and I always love to like share other people's work and like help other, you know, lift up other people, and right. so she, um, so you could look her up. I think it's the besttoday.com. And um, anyway, there's a, a question about like, what does my best look like today? So for me, I wrote like to to give a thousand percent on my podcast interview today to like show up as my best self for this interview. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what is one um, distracting behavior that you'd like to avoid? And for me, it's almost always social media. It's like the one thing that I know is going to distract me yeah. and I'll go down the rabbit hole. So that's... So that's the intention of my day is to really be more mindful about social media um, and the news. And number three is what is my vision for my life, for myself? Like, what am I trying to create? And then the fourth question is um, what is one step I can take today towards my vision, towards my 
vision. And so, and I love that because it like, it's helped me take consistent action every day. Cause my to-do list might be a million things, but if I just think of one thing that might be moving me forward, um, like for me, it might be like emailing my list today, like help, you know, talking about my program, um, or something. Um, it could be anything, but anything that's moving me forward and it's just like day after day after day, it's a consistent action and it helps me be really intentional about my time um, and, and about my values. And so I can really be living in my values. Journaling is pretty cool. I um I have a journal. I haven't wrote it in a minute because I'm really bad at journal. I love them, but I'm bad at them because I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this every day, every night before I go to bed or whatever. And I'm like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and next thing I know, I'm like, oh, shoot. Now I find the, the journal a year later. I'm like, okay, let me start this up again. But I love journals because they get you, um, they get you thinking, they prompt you, um, depending on, they have journals that they have prompts. Um, Cause the last one I had, it was like, it was like about gratitude and being grateful. And um, where do you see yourself going? Where do you want to be? The things that you were going to do today, you know, that, that you wanted to accomplish, the things that you accomplished at the end of the day, because you did it in the morning and you did it at night. Um, like, and also, like you said, the distractions, what don't you, what do you want to stay away from? And did you stay away from those things? And it, it's baby steps. And the more you can, the, let me tell you something. There's a, at the thing on Facebook, when I found it, when it tells you how long you've been on there on Facebook, I said, Oh my gosh. When it shows you how long you've spent on Facebook, you're like, I was up here for four hours. I was up here for three hours. Like that's a lot of time. And you, I'm pretty right. sure you weren't just working your business or, you know, you spend right. a lot of time and right now during the COVID period people are spending way more time on social media and it, like you said you could fall into a rabbit hole real easy just just right. by scrolling and you're just scrolling 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 oh there's a video and then that video leads you to another video and then right. so on and so on yeah. <laughs> so in there right and it's like the weirdest like I'm just watching them do hair or I'm watching them decorate a cookie or you know just right and you and you just get stuck and it's so easy to become unproductive but I guess on the same note if that's something that um is making you happy then that's part of your yin right because you've had this yeah. really really hectic day or whatever so now you're using this as part of your wind down yeah yeah, and I think it's that it's it's really a good point that self-care can be really different for everybody and it can be so maybe getting on Facebook for a few minutes is part of your self-care, but then after 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it it starts to not like it changes. So mm-hmm. it, it might have started that way and then it becomes something else mm-hmm. because now it's no longer actually feeling, you know, feeling good or whatever. And and so um I like to encourage people to really figure out like what are what are a few of their top priorities and things that they want to do every day maybe it's like learn to cook healthy food or home cooked food or you know take a walk outside every day and it doesn't have to be meditation or journal you know it's like i don't ever want to force people to do things that they don't want to do and the yin energy is about softness and yielding and easy whereas the yang energy is more forceful and pushing and resistance so i never want to say use willpower or be more self-disciplined like i really don't believe in those things i believe that when we do what we want to do we will do the things that nourish us mm-hmm. and that feel good to us and that support us and that help us come back from exhaustion or overwhelm or burnout and um train of thought after that no it's okay because i know people who who go on walks and you know they're not speed power walking they're just they just walk um every day or every couple days and they come back they're like i just feel better like they might have been stressed or whatever they're like they just walked just walked around the block um you know just a little ginger gingerly pace whatever just looking at trees or whatever and they're like i just felt better so is that their way of meditating you think it's not necessarily sitting on the floor so you know that's just their way of centering themselves i yeah exactly centering themselves grounding themselves Mm -hmm. i think 
the brain, our minds, we can't be productive all of the time. And so we need, like, if, if we don't take the time to walk, then we probably will numb out on Facebook or, you know, in front of the TV or something like our brains need to shut it down and they will shut it down for us. <sighs> it just might not be the most life giving way, mm -hmm. but if we can bring it, like we're kind of living on these extremes. So if we can just bring it back to this, the middle, the center, the balance points, then we can start to be like, just the choices become more life supportive and they become like self-care becomes effortless and um and i you know i struggle with a lot of these things too about being productive and this and that but yesterday um like i just you know with the election of this week and all the news and like i was just going down the rabbit holes and i was like I, it was a beautiful day where I live in Michigan and my son was with childcare and it's my work time, but I was like, I was feeling stuck. I was at a stuck point. I couldn't make progress on this thing I was working on. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a whole hour and go run in this trail that I just found or take a walk. And it was like, and I probably rarely take a full hour to myself mm -hmm. and it was the most and I just like let my brain just like wander and saw the beautiful trees and stood in the sun and it was just it felt like so deeply nourishing in a way that I was like wow I haven't done this in way too long and and then you know lucky enough like I got the breakthrough of my idea and I was like oh well, I wasn't thinking about it and there my answer came wow. and so if you think about productivity it was like the most productive thing I could do was shut my computer get out of the house and go for a walk See, let me tell you something. I think, was it yesterday? I think it might have been yesterday or the day before. I was so focused, you know, on my laptop, doing work, getting things done. And then it was, you know, the time changed, so it's all weird. But I had to leave or something. It was like maybe five or something that that evening. And I walked outside. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it was a beautiful day. <laughs> I missed the entire beautiful weather day. And I was like, and I was so like, oh man, like, <laughs> like, oh man, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm like, it was so nice outside and I did not get to enjoy not one bit of it. Um, cause it was, cause I was on the phone with my friend and I opened, the door, opened up the door and I was like, it feels nice outside. Ain't nobody tell me. Yeah. But I was so busy just focusing on what I had to get done that I probably would have enjoyed that moment of just sitting outside and enjoying the weather. Just sit, even if it was sit, sitting on my porch or something like that, just going ah, for 30 minutes, just 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna make or break anything. And in fact, it'll probably, you know, help you sleep better and, you know, help the mood and this and that. And one thing I, I like to tell people in terms of routines and morning routines is people often, they want to have these like really awesome morning routines. They wake up early and blah, blah, blah. And then the thing is, if you want to have a morning routine, you have to really start with your bedtime routine and mm. what you do in the evening. But here's the piece. Most people are so burned out by the end of the day that it's just like zone out, either like work until they pass out or zone out in front of the TV or whatever it is. And it, it, it's fine, but it might not be what they really want to do. Maybe they really want to read before bed or they want to take yeah. a bath or whatever yeah. it is. And so really you have to look to what you're doing in the bullet, you know, in the main part of the day. And it's like, we can be in this work, work, work mode, but if we just let ourselves take five minutes to go sit in the sun or 20 minutes to eat our lunch outside, if we can, away from the computers, and we just build in these micro minutes of the yin, kind of that self-care throughout the day, then we get to the end of the day and we're not totally crashed out and we don't need to go like do whatever our numbing, escaping behaviors are. We can be like, oh, you know, I feel good. I'm going to get in bed now and read a book and talk to my partner. And, you know, it's like you get more choices because you're not operating from a place of burnout. Well, listen, you have opened my eyes to so much during this, this conversation, especially the fact that the 10 to 2 um when yeah. like it's so much i have notes i just i've been writing down like as you're talking like this is this is good like this is good to me hopefully um the listeners gain something um from this conversation let people know how they can get a hold of you and what do you have coming up if you have anything coming up let them know 
Sure. So, um, yes. So I, I'm, I love, you know, educating about these, you know, the 10 to 2 and all these basic things and um, that really are not basic for us because we never learn them. So my, my flagship program, the Yin Way, is, um, it's a, a five-week online program <clears throat> and we're starting in January, but I'm um, promoting it now and launching it right now. So if anyone wants to learn more about really how to simplify their self-care and learn to um, shift into that yin way, that mindset, so that they can have more energy and sleep better and just feel better, um, that's what we'll be doing. And you can um, contact me um, through my website, which is www.rachel-redmond.com. R-E-D-M-O-N-D. Um, and what else? Um, yeah, and I would love to, you know, if anyone, anyone's welcome to reach out to me and connect. Um, and I have a nice freebie on my website, which is my five top self-care practices that are free and easy. So if anybody wants to check that out, <laughs> go for it. And then, you know, you'll have my email so we can connect. Yes, I think we all need the five you know tips about our self-care so i'm pretty sure they're going to be going to rachel-redmond.com um to get that freebie and just to connect with you because this is a time that we all need we all need to learn about self-care and and about ourselves and just it, it helps us and it helps us break the generational um lack that we that we didn't even know it was generational. i didn't even realize certain things were just generational and at some point you want to break the cycle and start teaching it to um, those coming up, especially at an earlier age. If we can catch them earlier, it'll be amazing. So thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much, listeners. I appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you. This is another episode of Yolanda Yvette Speaks. Don't forget to um, listen out and stay tuned for the next one coming up. All right, y'all. Talk to y'all later. Bye.